the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Money investing in more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Drop a phone call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Yesterday, the Fed did not taper. And today, all the conspiracy theories grow. Why did they not taper? Maybe because in October there's going to be a government shutdown due to the budget deficit ceiling and budget deficit spending and lack of budget, blah, 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 blah. Maybe it's because Janet Yellen's going to take over now that Larry Summers is out as potential Fed chairman. And maybe this is a way of saying, you're going to do your thing. Mine ends this way. You're going to start yours however you want to. Maybe it's because we haven't hit the key data points that the Federal Reserve said that they wanted to hit before they started tapering. Who knows? It's just fair to say that we talked about it for days and days and days. And it didn't come to fruition. And, well, it didn't come to fruition. It will at some point. And we'll talk about it again. And... Wouldn't you rather talk about the Giants or the 49ers or the big Stanford-Oregon game? Yeah, me too. So the Fed wants a little more data. Gold shot up 60 bucks an ounce. Um, up 100 bucks from their lows. Inflation trade and the short squeeze apparently back on. Oracle reported its first quarter earnings after the bell, topping expectations last night. Their guidance was on the light side, so it's not really what did you do for me today. It's what are you going to do for me in the future. Therefore, their stock is a little bit lower. Is America's Cup still going on? What thing ever end? I know it's a beautiful way to highlight San Francisco to the world. I know. Latest initial jobless claims report provided a decent headline today. 309,000. Up from 294,000. 294,000 was pretty low. So it's a decent number. It's a very decent number. Continuing claims sit at 2.7 million Americans. Continuing unemployment claims being exactly what they sound like. You've been unemployment past the deadline. You've gotten your checks and you can ask for a continuance. Department of Labor said it expects the backlog from computer glitches in California and Nevada to be worked out over the next couple of weeks when claims should start to hit more normal levels. So therefore, the incredibly low number may not be all that incredibly low. Boo! Right? Um, House Republicans could vote as soon as today on a spending plan that tries to avoid a shutdown, basically by nine funds for President Barack Obama's health care law. Yeah. So we got that going for us. Can you already hear it? Because I can already hear it. I could already hear the bickering in Congress in 
into television, into it's just gonna it's gonna hit the markets, right? It has to. Am I betting that it will? No. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Elon Musk. Probably not the sexiest name in the world. Musk. Maybe it is. I don't know. Pretty sexy car is Tesla's, right? Tesla's unconventional chief executive officer. He's turned to Twitter, basically putting a help wanted sign, asking for engineers to help him develop self-driving cars. Tesla's going to eventually develop its own autopilot technology for cars. Intense effort underway at Tesla to develop a practical autopilot. Musk is 42 years old. He makes me feel like I haven't accomplished anything in my life. I just want to make travel to the moon easy. I want to make a Hyperloop technology to get you from here to L.A. in 30 minutes. Stop. Dude, lower expectations for the rest of us. Tesla's market cap has uh, topped $20 billion. company plans this year to deliver 21,000 of its Model S cars. A drop in the bucket of the 17 million cars being made this year in the United States, being sold this year. So that's interesting to note. It's doing very, very, very well, considering how few vehicles there actually are out there. Uh, The topic du jour in the auto industry is self-driving cars, whether it's Google, whether it's Nissan, whether it's Tesla. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. calls there. Smartphone cameras at 41 megapixels. 41 megapixels. Industry revenue falling to the lowest level in a decade. Amid smartphone sales surging, the global camera business is basically being shooken out by cell phones. Nikon, the world's number two camera maker, has cut prices to lure consumers. Canon is going to follow suit. Too many players. It's very tough for small camera makers even to remain in the business as competition's only going to intensify. I'm surprised um, Apple doesn't introduce an eye camera. I'm not sure why. I'm just surprised that they don't. Camera shipments are likely to fall 30% this year to 69 million units. Smartphones getting the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth and the 41 megapixels. It's just killed the overall industry. Do you remember the brownie camera? Me neither. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, I'm not that old, right? Um, the $1 brownie camera. It was introduced over a century ago. And now, 100 years later, the industry seems to be finally whittling itself away. Global markets are rallying following Fed's decision yesterday. Weekly initial jobless claims um, should boast some confidence out there. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's a cover of Apple Executives on Business Week this week. And you're going to hear a little bit about it, I think, in the next couple of days, where they're starting to use words. They're referring to Android as junk. The iPhone has been the top-rated smartphone in consumer satisfaction in nine consecutive studies. 
iOS 7 went out yesterday, and it's already become the fastest adopted operating system for smartphones. And again, that's kind of, I don't know, I care. But you're hearing some fighting words out there. Average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage declined to 4.5% from 4.57%. Mortgage rates have drifted down this week on that weakening economy play of Ben Bernanke's. Groupon climbing up another 6%, having a great run. Stifle Nicholas raises rate in the e-commerce and daily deals company to buy from hold. He said growth is accelerating Groupon's core local business in the United States, stability in most key European markets. Stock's up 150% this year. Ever since, uh, ever since Facebook kind of said that they had something as far as mobile business traction going, all those guys have been doing well in social. Take a break here. I'll be right back. It's Rob Black your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more on the Wall Street Business Network. We saw such a big drop. Apparently, they still have... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. If Priceline were to name its own price when it comes to a stock, it probably would say $1,000 a share. Yesterday, Priceline became the first S&P 500 stock trade over $1,000 a share, beating Apple and beating Google. Some people saw it as a race. Some people did not. I don't really care. But I do always want to talk Shatner. When you can talk Shatner, why not talk Shatner, right? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. SP 500 is down fractions. The Dow's down 10. The NASDAQ up 2. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's do an email. If you want to email a question to be on the air... Send the email, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. This one comes to us from, I think, Ron. I'm selling my primary residence for $700,000, purchased it for $250,000. After my $250,000 exemption, do I pay to on the capital gains on the sales amount or on the proceeds minus the selling that he invested into it? Yeah, I think he had another question about an IRS tax lien on the home, too. Yeah, that's complicated. Yeah, I mean, in that kind of a scenario, if you've got anything to do with IRS tax lien and maybe you have some sort of circumstance that could result in maybe a reduction in taxes that you owe, something like that, you need to work with a CPA and probably an attorney as well. But the way it works is when you sell a home and you've lived in it for more than two out of the last five years, you can get, as a single person, $250,000 exemption, and then you pay the taxes on. So, So what happens is... You've got the sales costs. That reduces the amount that you've sold it for, essentially. Okay. So you're, you're, you're paying the difference on the net minus the 250 that you get the exclusion for free. The rest you're paying federal capital gains and state income tax on. What if he put, like, in this case, what if he put, like, $500,000 down on the house? 
Are you paying taxes on that? No, you're not paying taxes on your cost basis. Cost and basis. as long as you've lived in it for two out of the last five years, you're not paying taxes on 250 if you're single or 500,000 if you're married. I hate seeing these scenarios. Because that's, that's all his assets. You can kind of tell by the, the email that all of his net worth for retirement is tied up in that home. And he wants to make it go as far as possible. So email, chat at newfocusfinancial.com. Next email comes to us from Randy. I'm 64 years old. My wife is 60. Congratulations on marrying a younger woman. <laughs> we both plan on working another six years till I'm 70 until my wife is 66. I could do the math, Ron, Randy. We've got longevity in our families. What's the best strategy for maximizing Social Security benefits? Now, that's a great question because you have two situations. You have two people that are working, and you have an age difference. So maximizing Social Security is a key, and it can actually result, especially if you have longevity in your family, $100,000 to $300,000 extra in Social Security over a long period of time of 25, you know, 20 to 30 years. So one of the strategies that they might consider is that when one person retires, they can file and suspend their own benefits. That makes your spouse eligible for spousal benefits. So... I would have to run that software that analyze, that maximizes Social Security, but he might want to file and suspend his. She could take a spousal benefit until she turns 70. She could turn her own benefit on, and then he could take his benefit at 70. And that actually gets a lot of money out. And you got to remember in a spousal situation, a married couple, when one person passes away, the small check goes away, and the surviving spouse keeps the larger check. So maximizing Social Security, especially when you have longevity in your family, is very important. Quick question. How much more can you earn, and you can answer this either in percentages or dollars, by delaying five, six, seven, eight years of taking It's about an 8% return. So if you take it at 62, it's about a 32% reduction okay. than taking it at your full retirement age. And if you're still working between 62 and your full retirement age, which is over 66 now for most people, um, you get dinged by Social Security. They actually take money away from you and tax it. Uh, so it's it's when you're looking at the alternative to say, well, should I you know, delay Social Security and live off some of my cash or my bonds, it's usually a better return right now to delay your Social Security if you have longevity. Gotcha. Got another email? You can drop an email to chat at newfocusfinancial.com. It's chat at newfocusfinancial.com. Why do all the calculators refer to the need for 70% of your income as the number you will need to retire? Are they considering pre-tax or after-tax when they refer to this 70% number? Basically, what they're referring to is rules of thumb that were created in the 80s. In the 80s. This is when, you know, back then, based on where people's income was versus how much the average family received in Social Security at age 65. Okay. If you had enough to replace 70% of your income plus you had Social Security, then you're made whole. That's not the case anymore. We've had really not much wage inflation at all. So... You've got, that's a horrible rule of thumb. A lot of people spend more money in the first five years of retirement, like I've talked about before, because they're doing all the things that they couldn't do when they were working. So retirement planning, especially within your five to ten years, is very important to do very detailed cash flow projections. How much are you really going to spend? What's going to get you out of bed and motivate you to get out of bed in retirement? What are you passionate about, your hobbies? And really make a clear list about and try to, those issues. try to stick with that, too. Yeah, you've got to monitor it. Each year, you got to say, how much did I spend versus what I projected? And how did my portfolio do versus what I projected? Am I on track to be able to do a raise to keep up with inflation? I imagine my video game expenditures will go up when I retire because I've been delaying playing video games for so many years that I'm going to want to catch up. Yeah, and then your ibuprofen costs are going to go up from the arthritis in your thumbs from playing video games. Oh, that's not why I have arthritis in my thumbs. 
I don't want to know why you have arthritis in your thumbs. Then Drop him an email, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Found an interesting angle on Facebook as well. Mark Zuckerberg admits coolness is done for us. Interesting, right? Uh, clearly, like, in his statement, he also went on to say, you know, at one point in time that electricity was cool, then you know, people quickly started figuring out that, you know, electricity is here to stay and it became a little less cool. We're going to keep the lights on. But yeah, it's a utility. He's comparing Facebook to a utility. As an investor, there's some safety typically in utilities. We always need our gas, our electricity, our water. They consider to be, you know, comparable or good ideas for uh, investments for widows and orphans because there's safety in utilities. Do you think Facebook is a utility? Is he trying to sell that to us, or am I reading in between the lines there about the coolness factor? 800-516-1220, just one winning ticket sold for $400 million in the Powerball jackpot. If I were a guessing man, I would bet it was probably sold to someone in South Carolina without teeth. Probably someone in a trailer. Just guessing. $233 million direct cash option. It's kind of like our Hunger Games. We allow stupid people to bet a couple bucks to try to win a couple hundred million. A lot more losers than winners. You get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Apple with Street.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Cloud technology to help transform their workforce. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Showing producer Sevens and Mouse. Gets a blast from REM. 800 1220 Let's talk a little Apple with Chris Siaccia from thestreet.com. Chris is the technology editor. Chris, how are you? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me. So give me a little background being a tech editor. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I love my job. I get to travel out to Silicon Valley and meet all sorts of cool companies. I was just out there uh, last week for the iPhone event, got to see Facebook, went to TechCrunch Disrupt. I do all sorts of cool things. I love my job and couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think we kind of live in, I want to say, the golden age of technology. It's fun to watch all the changes. and. Uh, you're coming out to basically where I live, and uh, it is a dream out here to see all the tech companies disrupt things on a regular basis. So as tech 
editor of thestreet.com. You're probably in charge of the big stories, the Apples, the Googles, the Facebooks. Recently, you've done a piece on Apple. Tell us a little bit about what you're investigating and looking into. Well, what I'm finding is that Wall Street seems to be overreacting in terms of its reaction towards the new iPhones. Everyone was kind of expecting that the 5C would probably be priced a little bit lower than it actually was. Then when Apple came out and said that it's going to be $99 for the subsidy version, but 549 unsubsidized, people were kind of freaked out because Apple isn't really selling that well in emerging markets. But Tim Cook never said that he wants to sell a cheap iPhone. He wanted to sell a cheaper iPhone, or make it, uh, but still have it be towards the higher end of the market. Apple's always been an operational brand, um, and that's not something they're losing with the 5C. So you had a combination of people freaking out over the price of the 5C, and then the fact that on Monday they didn't announce or they didn't release a press release announcing 5C sales. People have to remember this is the first time Apple's ever released two phones at once. Usually they've always done just one phone, so I would expect them to announce or send out a press release you know, Monday with both 5C and 5S opening weekend sales So and saying um, my estimates are for anywhere between 6 and $7 million for the opening weekend. So I would expect Wall Street to finally realize that, hey, we overreacted here a little bit and then start to bid the stock back up. The reviews started coming out yesterday on the new iPhone software and the new iPhone 5S and the speed of it. And the most influential tech reviews are glowing about it. It's it's almost shameless how much they're in love with it. And uh, it should sell pretty well. So they may have a hit on their hands. Is this enough of an innovation to qualify as a hit, do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I read all the reviews. I read Walt Mossberg's review. I read David Pogue from the New York Times. And the thing that they can't stop talking about is Touch ID, which is the fingerprint technology. You can unlock your phone just putting the fingerprint over the phone, and not only can you unlock your phone and and stop doing away with passwords, which people complain about and half the people don't even do them because it's such a pain to do, it also allows you to make iTunes purchases, and that's really where the innovation is going to come with Touch ID. Everyone's always thought that Apple eventually makes its move into mobile payments. It has over half a billion credit card files or credit cards on file with iTunes. So that's an enormous amount of revenue that it can basically just switch on with a flick of a swing, with a flick of a finger, and now with a flick of a t- uh, fingerprint. So I mean, that's an enormous amount of money that Apple can just turn on and really get Wall Street's attention again. I don't know who published this, but I saw it today. Uh, you can actually use a cat print on the Touch ID sensor, and it actually works. So you can take your cat's paw and unlock your iPhone that way if you want to register your cat's paw into your iPhone. Yeah, I, don't know why I, saw that. I started laughing when I saw that. I mean, it, you've seen stories and um, reviews and studies that babies can unlock iPhones and iPads, and now a cat can unlock the 5S using Touch ID. I think that's hilarious. So I'm speaking with Chris Siaccia from Street.com. Let's talk a little bit about what Apple didn't come out with, a phone, an, a, a watch, or a TV product. Do you think that's going to be the game changer to get Apple stock back into gear when it does happen, or does it not have to happen to get the stock back into gear? 
Well, eventually the stock trades on fundamentals. The market in the short term is always a popularity contest, and Apple's popularity with Wall Street is pretty low right now. But to get the popularity back up, Apple does need to do a couple different things, whether it's the watch or the TV. I was out at Samsung's watch event a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't really impressed um, with what they had announced, and I would expect that Apple, as they always do, doesn't start the market, but it makes it better, and it makes people realize, hey, I need this product. So I would expect that the watch is probably the first big product we see. Um, I think that's probably going to come early next year, maybe a March time frame or somewhere around there. I'm not so sure about the television anymore. Everyone has always said that Apple wants to reinvent TV. Tim Cook's gone on record saying that TV needs to be disrupted, and he feels like when he watches TV, he's set back 20 or 30 years. It's been speculated that Apple does have a working prototype of an actual television set, but I think with the fact that the way content is changing so rapidly, people are getting stuff on demand, I think really the way that they continue to attack the television market is with the $99 set-top box, the Apple TV, and just continuing to work with the cable companies and continuing to improve not only what Apple delivers to you um, via the set-top box, but also what cable companies like Time Warner and a couple others can send to you via their stuff. And I think that's really how Apple attacks it. In the consumer world, is technology now a Facebook slash Amazon slash Apple slash Google Play versus what you and I grew up with, with the Comcasts and the cable, um, you know, getting content to us? Are the tech players the content players of the future, or do you think this will fade? I mean, there's always they, these companies have tons of cash on the balance sheet, so you can never count them out. But right. what they don't have is the pipes. Um, and that's where Comcast and the major cable companies are going to fight because they have the pipes and they are able to distribute the content um, so readily and easily, and people are still paying 100 to $150 a month for their cable. Everyone always talks about cutting the cord, and you know, you've seen subscriber numbers decline, but it's not a drastic decline. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. The only company that's really doing anything to try to change that right now uh, in terms of pipes is Google with Google Fiber. Google's setting up high-speed Internet in a couple of cities around the country. They're trying to disrupt the cable companies. I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon, but it is something worth watching. Thanks for joining me. Is there anything else that we need to know, Chris? Uh, no, I think we've covered it. Thanks so much, Rob. Chris Siaccia from TheStreet.com. He's got a new article at TheStreet.com talking about concerns on Apple, and that alone can drive the price of a stock. Uh, public perception, is it beloved? Maybe the PE goes from 10 to 12. Is it beloved and has great product? Maybe it goes from 12 to 16. Has a beloved great product and no competition? Maybe the valuation goes from 16 times earnings to 20 times earnings. These little teeny tiny little Perception issues can go a long, long way. Right now, Apple went from beloved company that could do no wrong, even the death of Steve Jobs, to a company that, eh, is that new iPhone really all that? And the ratings and the, the reviews are stunning on the new iPhone. So um, the speed, they're calling it blistering, fastest phone on the market, which, I don't know, do we need phones to go fast? Do we need that much faster application loads? Times, maybe. 
I kind of dropped the speed thing from tech in the last couple of years in large part. Just don't feel like uh, my life is all that disrupted. With that said, do I want the newest phone? I do. So um, I'm a Google guy because of Google Maps. Um, as soon as Apple gets a, a better than Google type product in mapping, because most of my day, not most of my day, a large part of my day is driving. Um, I like knowing exactly how many minutes it's going to take me to get to work. And when I wake up and turn on my Google phone, it tells me exactly how many minutes it's going to take me to get to work. Um, and it's pretty much so right. Uh, unless there's a last-second pile-up, it's more right than wrong. Former heavyweight champ Ken Norton dead. The man known for breaking Muhammad Ali's jaw dead. Truly a nice guy. That's what everyone's saying about him today. I <laughs> know you're saying, that's awkward. Oh, hockey? Season starting back up. What's interesting to note is how much hockey and really soccer has turned into the must-watch product that is being pushed in front of us. ESPN is owned by ABC. ABC is owned by Disney. And ESPN's always gotten negative press for setting the sports media um, precedent. Like, what's going to be the most important story out there? It's going to be football. Oddly enough, they've got rights to football. What's going to be the second most important? Baseball, NBA. Does hockey have a place? Well, they even show hockey highlights if NBC you know, captures the NBC Universal and Fox Sports. If they go after soccer and hockey, will ESPN even pay attention to it with their big franchise sports center? They do set kind of the tone for sports in America. So things like setting the tone actually play out on Wall Street, actually turn into investments. You know, uh, Disney, in my opinion, as a media company, is so understated, so sweet, so innocent. And they just keep hitting home run after home run after home run. Wall Street doesn't treat it with the respect they deserve. That is a monster stock. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The SP 500 is up one, record territory. The Dow's off eight, just off record territory. NASDAQ's up five. Take a break here. Be right back. Store for details. Stocks settle back after. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I think I need to test drive a Tesla. I'm not a car enthusiast. I don't pretend to be. I'll travel to eat good food. I'll highly endorse expensive undergarments. Just not a car guy. I don't know why, but the vroom, 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 Tesla Motors rose to a record today. Deutsche Bank calls it a $200 stock based on conversations with management and monitoring information available on Tesla owners' blogs. They think the company is on track to modestly outperform third quarter margin expectations. Um, Elon Musk said yesterday that he wants to develop the car so that in the next couple of years, it could run on autopilot with the computer controlling 90% of the vehicle. You know, 
at this point in time, I'm just hands off on Tesla, and I'm just going to watch and enjoy. They got a lot of criticism from the Auto Dealer Manufacturers Association. I don't even know if I correctly said that. But they got a lot of flack in large part because they took a $60,000 car, Tesla. You put on all the add-on features, it becomes 100000 They tell you that it true cost is about $100 a month. How does the calculator do that? You know, I, I know that my $60,000 vehicle payments are blah, 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 right? You know that your $40,000 vehicle payments are four, five, six, not 100. So Tesla's calculator adds in things like the time that you save for going into the fast lane, the amount of money that you save based on no more gasoline, the amount of money you save on using their free recharging stations versus, you know, paying for energy. So Tesla roars today. I got to admit that there's something there. Now, can the Ford's GM's... Toyotas, can they catch up fast enough? In theory, they should be able to. But why haven't they started with a better response than what they have out there already? When I see a Tesla on the road, I salivate. And again, I will travel for good food. I will highly endorse expensive lingerie. I will give a thumbs up to five-star resorts if it helps you unwind. I've never been a car guy. You know, a um, couple years ago, I got rear-ended by someone who didn't have insurance. I'm like, eh, it's just a bumper. You know, a couple years ago, you know, someone pulls out at a stoplight. Which, for the record, here's my financial advice. If you're ever in a car accident, be calm, be cool, be collected. But also, instantly, if it's not your fault, instantly look for witnesses. Flag them down. Because the person that's really nice and really sweet, oh, I'm so sorry I ran that red light. I didn't see you there. That person's gone the moment they go to their insurance. So if you're ever in a dinger, instantly look for witnesses. If you know it's not your fault. Second, start taking pictures. before you, Don't move the car. Let traffic pile up. Start taking pictures. So, just throwing it out there for you. That's the broad black dad advice. I know you're saying, that's creepy. <laughs> I know my dad, and you're not my dad, right? What other what other crap advice can I give you? Uh, you know, still one of my favorites, and my neighbor hates me for every time I say this, is every time he goes on vacation, I plug in all my electrical outlets into his external outlets. I just sap off his energy for the whole weekend or the whole week that he's gone. Yep, that's me. It's amazing how you can get a dryer to work off your neighbor's uh, electrical cords. Dryers, by the way. Um, here's another Rob Black Dad advice. Wash your clothes on you know, the, the quickest setting you can do. If you can do, if you could, instead of like doing a normal load, do a light load. I mean, just, what's, what's the word here that I'm trying to come up with? Um, the, the most energy saving, your clothes probably aren't dirty, filthy, unless you're a seven-year-old kid who's climbing around in mud. So just a quick wash saves you a lot of energy per year. So just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Uh, one winner wins the $400 million Powerball jackpot winning the idiot 
lottery. As long as you could survive on Mars wearing only jeans and a t-shirt. Mars is cold. How long could you live if it's 64 degrees below? Mars is also hot. Where, uh, you know, it could hit 80 degrees Fahrenheit near the equator in the middle of the day. So during the winters of Mars, 200 degrees below. So you're going to need a spacesuit. How long could you live with a t-shirt and jeans on Mars? Not long. Minutes. Within minutes, the skin and organs would rupture, produce a quick and painful death, referred to as outgas. If not killed by the low-pressure atmosphere, there are other environmental factors that make Mars inhospitable to humans without protection. Lack of oxygen being a problem. Cold surface being another problem. Irritating dust, another issue. Oh, that little thing called UV radiation and surface chemicals. So go look for food and water on Mars, Mars rover, knowing that you can't live there. I know you're saying, Rob, what's wrong with you today? You want some more dad advice? I'll give you some more dad advice. Um, 800-516-1220. Grand Theft Auto Five. $800 million in the first day. There's a lot of single women out there today because <laughs> they've given up on their boyfriends forever. Because um, their boyfriends are playing Grand Theft Auto Five, and the true sign of intelligence and longevity in the relationship is being shown. Do I hear music? No, no, no. I'm going to go on forever. I'm going to go on forever. Um... 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Next hour, I'm going to go over the 10 best buys of beer in the world. The best beers in the world. I know. Stay tuned for that. Plus, i got more on investing in the markets, the economy. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Rove Report. One of the best podcasts is locally grown. AM 1220 KDOW is home for... Register now for your 60-day free trial at IBM.com. Let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to Rob Black, the money of Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about a millennial being different than an Xer, being different than a boomer. We can talk Tesla, vroom, 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 $200 price target now. Chief Executive Elon Musk, he could probably come out and say just about anything at this point in time, and we're going to all go, really? He's going to make an electric car that can go fishing. Really? Actually, one that could run on autopilot is what he's saying today. You know what I like about that story? And this driverless car, it's going to be great for senior citizens. It's going to be great for teenagers. It's going to be great for people who are handicapped. Handicapable. It's going to be great for people who sometimes run red lights. I think there's nothing but positives inside that story. It should be great for the insurance industry. In large part, as the computer, as the car gets more computerized, they're going to get a lot more information on who they should insure and who they shouldn't. 
Oracle shares fell almost 1% today after basically lowering their expectations for the third quarter. Profit was nice, but expectations were a little less than ideal. BlackBerry, once maker of the Crackberry, smartphone maker, is going to reduce its workforce by 40% by the year end. Take off, you hoser. No way, eh? So, uh, big Canadian sadness going on there. Probably the most tragic story out of Canada since Nortel. Two national pride companies. Tumbling, stumbling, bumbling. J.P. Morgan Chase. They're going to pay a $920 million fine to settle the London Whale scandal. They admitted they violated securities laws. They're going to pay $300 million to the Office of Comp Controller, $200 million each to the Securities Exchange Commission Federal Reserve, $220 million to the U.K. Financial Conduct Authority. Okay, now just think about that for uno momentero. For those of you who are playing at home and who have no clue how to speak when in Mexico, that means one moment. Another lesson on how to speak when in Mexico. Dos cervezas, por favor. That's about all you need to know. SP 500 down fractions. Dow's down 26. NASDAQ up one. Oh, wait. One last thing on JP Morgan. Because I was having you imagine for Uno Momentero a $920 million fine. Sucks down 13 cents on my nose. How strong are they? That kind of strong. Okay. So I've been thinking long and hard about this. And I wanted to come up with a top 20 list of best beers. And I've put my heart into this, and I've come up with some angles for you. Coming in at number 20, Stone's Imperial Russian Stout. It's thick, it's rich, it pours black with a roasted complex aroma of black currants, coffee, and anise. Coming in at 19, Bell's Batch 7000 Ale, an Imperial Stout from Bell's Brewery. It's in honor of their 7,000th batch. It pours dark with almost no head. Nice undertones of vanilla and caramel. Coming in at 18, Bell's Hopsalum Ale. It's a double IPA. It's double delicious. It's got floral and grapefruit notes. Number 17 in Rob Black's top 20 beer list. Fontanine's Schaarsbeck Creek. I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly. That's what makes it even better. After one or two of these, filled with malt, wheat, hops, and water... You'll say it correctly. It's a five out of five. Herlemans Salmish. Again, another beer that I can't correctly say, but it's 14% alcohol by volume. It's brewed only once a year on December 6th in a castle. Who doesn't like beer brewed in a castle? Number 15, Hair of the Dog spread from the wood. It's a barley wine from Portland, Oregon's Hair of the Dog Brewery. It's aged for six months in oak barrels. It's got nice tobacco and wood flavors. Schutz Brewery of the Abyss, dark Russian imperial stout. Beers has hints of molasses and licorice. It's one of the best beers made in America. So we keep it here. We keep it proud in America. Portland, Bend, Oregon. Number 13 on Rob Black's top 20 beer list, Surly's Darkness, brewed in Minnesota. I know you're saying nothing good comes from Minnesota, but yes, this does come from Minnesota. Chocolatey Brew, Surly's Darkness, 9.8% alcohol by volume. It's only brewed in the month of October, and it is delish. Number 12 on the list. Let's just jump from 12 all the way down to number 8, Russian River's Temptation. It's brewed in the Russian River, Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa! 
It's uh, aged 9 to 15 months in Chardonnay barrels and gives it the tart, medium-bodied brew. I'm running out of steam here. Yes, yes. Number seven, Russian Rivers, Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder! Citrus pine fresh hops. It's become something of a legend around the country for its balanced taste and dry finish. Oh. One more time. One more time on the roll-up barrels. Number five on the list. I know you're saying you're jumping all over the place. Three Floyds Brewing Dreadnought Imperial IPA. Extremely hoppy ale. Complex flavor profile that includes overtones of mango. Mango! Three Floyds Brewing Dreadnought Imperial. Number five. Number four on the list. Bell's Expedition Stout. It's a pitch black brew that's brown head and roasted in coffee aroma for sweet multi-flavor. Yum. Number three on the list. Smith Speedway Stout. This you can get at your local convenience store. It's brewed in San Diego, California. Smith Brewing Company. 12% alcohol by volume. It's full-bodied beer. It's got an added kick of coffee. Whoa. Number two on the list, Three Floyds Brewing Dark Lord Russian Imperial Star. It's coffee, molasses, honey. It's only sold on Dark Lord Day. I know you're saying, what's Dark Lord Day? I know. I had to find that out myself, too. It's the last Saturday of April. Only 6,000 bottles are made. Customers have to buy pre-sold tickets. In the past, they've had crowd control problems. How awesome is that? And number one on the list, West Veletrans 12. It's brewed by the monks, the monks of Trappist Abbey of St. Sixus of West Fairland in Belgium. Sold weekly from the doors of the monastery. 12 has no label, just a simple yellow cap. It's West Vlatlin's 12. The only ingredients are yeast, hops, malt, sugar, caramel, and water. And again, made by monks. If it's made by monks, it's got to be good. And that's Rob's top 20 beers, of which I probably only hit 13 of them, but yum, yum, yum. Ah. I'm exhausted. I need a cigarette after that. I know. I don't even smoke. So Google's going to stop using cookies, speaking of beer. Google's going to stop using cookies to track web users. That's kind of nice, right? I know you're saying, what? Who cares? Yeah, that's a story I can't sell you on, can I? Existing home sales rose to a six and a half year high. Median home prices 15% higher than last year. So if you own a home, you're probably feeling pretty good. If you're feeling pretty good, you're probably thinking, your wife looks a little bit better than she did last month. If you're thinking your wife looks a little bit better than, you might make a baby. You might go on vacation. You might help the economy. Because you're confident because your home went up. And if your home went down, you're probably looking back at Rob Black's top 20 beer list. And thinking to yourself, what can I do? U.S. Postmaster. I get in trouble every time I talk about the post office, so I better be careful. The U.S. Postmaster says they may need an emergency rate hike. They might run out of money next month. Their cash balance next month likely will cover only five days of its average daily expenses. They want to end Saturday delivery. Congress won't let them. They want to change the way retiree health care costs are calculated. Congress won't let them. They are in a bad spot. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Stock settled back in it. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Take me to your best 
Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. There's a great interview with Jonathan Ivey from Apple at usatoday.com or the USA Today newspaper. It's in the tech section. I highly, highly endorse checking out this interview, especially if you're a shareholder of Apple. Uh, Good stuff. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to read the interview for you. It's good stuff. USA Today, Jonathan Ivey, the man behind Apple's magic curtain. If you want to email me, I'll email you a copy of the article. Fine, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. We've got the SP 500 down 1, the Dow down 25, the NASDAQ up 1. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. If you want to send him an email to ask a question during the segment, send it to chad at newfocusfinancial.com. But without the email this time, Chad, let's talk mutual funds versus ETFs. What do we need to know, and who's the winner? <laughs> well, gosh, you know, it, it's it's tough because it's the, the area. And a lot of ETFs are very new. They do very well in the beginning sometimes, and it's really the long-term. In terms of ETFs versus mutual funds, I like them both. Okay. I, I can't say I like one other th- over the other. There's definitely certain ETFs I don't like. There's a lot of ETFs that have leverage or want to go inverse the stock market where people think that they're the way to perfectly protect their portfolio. Um, in periods of low interest rates and rising rates, I do not like bond ETFs. Okay. Those are the ones that will be quickest to be sold and have pricing issues when you're trying to sell. Um, so where I really, really like them, Rob, is large cap, okay. mid cap, U.S. like them in those areas. Or when I look at my overall portfolio and I say, you know what, I just don't have enough technology or I don't have enough health care or I want to start accumulating financials, then I like to use some of the spiders to go in and get a, a broad shot into the overall stock market. I might have been sleeping when you said this. Why don't you like the emerging markets? Oh, cause here's the deal. Some of the, the emerging market ETFs are just the big, well-known names in those areas. Okay. And they only change once a year. And in an emerging market type of a fund, some of the successful ones have usually higher turnover and more broad exposure. I don't want just 25 stocks in China of the ones that are, some of which might have too much government control, uh, too quickly to be sold when people panic. There's a lot of small cap stocks overseas that look really attractive right now or specific dividend ones. Um, You know, you get into the brick and you got Brazil, Russia, India, China, one of which may be attractive at a certain period of time because they're becoming consumers. The other three, because maybe they're selling commodities and the super cycle might be over. So it's just it's just too inflexible. And in an emerging market or an international play, there's currency issues, there's political issues that might require more active management. ETFs have a reputation for lower fees than mutual funds or traditional mutual funds, that is. Do you prefer ETFs as a manager? As a manager? Yeah. Well, fees are definitely something you have to look at, but when you look at Morningstar, for example, and you're looking at a fund, the returns are net of fees. So if if that's your last thing that you're looking at comparing to things that have a great return, a low standard deviation, good management history, you're comfortable with the process of the management team, you might and you can't make the decision, you might choose the one on the lower fees. But fees aren't everything. Okay. 
in large cap and mid cap U.S., it doesn't require a ton of changes, so the lower fees are important. That's why I like them in those areas. But uh, I, it, you know, again, I, I'm still going to stick with the idea. Unless I'm doing a short-term tactical trade, I'm using managed funds for the international side. How do you use ETFs when putting together a tax-efficient portfolio? Well, the greatest assets that you can hold in, when you're accumulating wealth in your taxable accounts are large cap or total stock market or mid cap ETFs because they're low turnover, low annual tax consequences, and you can hold them for t- t- you know a long period of time. So you have once you start maxing out your 401k, you, you've maxed out your Roth IRA, you're now investing after tax. You start accumulating large cap, mid cap in your taxable accounts. And then you monitor your overall asset allocation. So if your taxable accounts become large and you start overweighting the U.S. large and mid, then you need to shift where you're contributing in your 401ks to make sure that you're still maintaining the correct weight in small cap international and emerging markets, which tend to have more ongoing tax issues. So you want to have those ongoing turnover, high dividend tax issues inside your retirement accounts. Now, ETFs can be kind of like compared to index funds. Does that mean we no longer need to have index funds in our portfolio? Um, a lot of ways, a lot of times it's easier for the dollar cost averager. Like if you're trying to say, I need a fund where I can put in 100 bucks a month, sometimes it's easier to go take your first thousand, open up a Vanguard you know, account, and start having 50 bucks sent out of your paycheck into that index fund. So they still have their place. Um, Unfortunately, not all ETFs, Rob, are, are indexes. There's a lot of managed ETFs coming out, yep. some of which people think, oh, this is a great tax-efficient way to invest. However, they rebalance every quarter, and they're actually horribly tax-inefficient. Never buy an ETF in the first six months of trading. There's not enough uh, activity. There's not enough people trading the shares, and you right. can end up with pricing errors on the short term when you buy or sell. Sounds good. That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Lots of good content there that you can grab and download and take a look at to spark your ideas when it comes to retirement and wealth preservation issues. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can drop Chad an email, chat at newfocusfinancial.com. And listen to his shows every day from 1 to 2 here on 1220 AM, New Focus on Wealth. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about Facebook. Are they cool or are they not cool? We can talk about GameStop. GameStop is a place that sells video games. There was a lot of talk this summer about whether the Xbox was going to allow reselling of video games. Something that GameStop does, they'll gladly take your old games from you, give you a buck or two off on a new game, sell yours for 15 to 30 bucks. Uh, big business. Now, what's interesting to note about this is stock really fell apart. It was left for dead. There's a strong feeling in the gaming universe that digital publishing is going to replace physical unit publishing. You know, i.e., you won't have to load your game from a DVD anymore. So check out GameStop on what happened when the company was thought to basically lose its ability to resell games this summer. Check out what's happened with Grand Theft Auto V. Start putting together all the pieces here. And GameStop was an incredible buy this summer. 
In June, it went from $40 a share all the way to 30 Now it's at $51. I think it has way to go on the upside, as the trend in video games right now is the big upgrade cycle with the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox. I think it's called the Xbox One or something like that. Anyway, new consoles coming this Christmas. That should be a big driver for the holiday season. Take a break here. We'll be back. Rob Black, your money. All things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So the Fed Reserve kept interest rates low, they kept their purchasing of debt in place. Some people feel like, you know, if you wanted to cut back just $5 million or $5 billion, you could have done it. You could have done it. Now you're making us wait again. Markets rocketed to record highs yesterday following the news. It's the easy monetary policy. The super easy monetary policy. It's not really creating the effects in job creation that they wanted to see, or at least it's happening slower than they expected. I'm on record saying I think October's got potential to be messy. Am I going to change the way I invest because of it? No. If I wanted to, at this point in time, pull some winners to invest in some underperformers, I would. But I would do that in any market, in any month, that I felt comfortable doing a rebalance. You have to have a rebalancing strategy. If you don't, I think you're making a mistake. Yes, I want you to accumulate into the worst buy. But I do want you to rebalance on a regular basis as well. There's what I would refer to as the easy way of doing things and the painful way of doing things. In your 20s and 30s, if you invest, you're going to turn out well. If you wait till your 30s and 40s, it's going to be a little more difficult. If you wait till your 40s and 50s, you're probably going to work till the day you die. I see this all too often. When it comes to investing, there's probably a hundred things that we could talk about, whether it's insurance or 401ks, whether it's paying taxes or tax-friendly ways of achieving wealth. I know a lot of people who've gotten wealthy just by accumulating stocks. And I'm not saying picking stocks, accumulating. Asset allocation more important than security selection. I've seen a lot of people get hurt by using mortgages as a financial tool, trying to create wealth with it instead of trying to create shelter. I've got a mortgage. I've never sent in a payment early. I've never sent in an extra payment. I never will. I need that asset on my side of the balance sheet, not on theirs. A mortgage is a low cost of money. It doesn't readjust for inflation. It allows me to sell the house without actually selling it. 
by doing a home equity line of credit. Never choose investments because they've made a lot of money. It's a rule of thumb that I like to believe in. A lot of people, you know, they wanted Facebook when it first came public because they knew it was a utility in everyone's lives. I hate Facebook. My Facebook group page is I hate Rob Black. I hate Facebook in the sense that it just seems to suck time. Much like you could say about the TV. Want to save for college? Consider a 529 plan after you've maxed out your 401k. I see a lot of people trying to save for their kids' college long before they save for their, their own retirement. When you get a lump sum of money, I say invest it all at once or on a quarterly basis, but sooner than later. I know way too many people. Uh, a listener emailed me yesterday about credit reports, and uh, his name kind of rang a bell in my head, and I was like, I hope you got that cash to work that you were looking at a year ago, because if not, you've missed a 25% return on the market. But some people delay and delay and delay. I believe in dollar cost averaging. I believe in investing on a regular basis. Investing the same amount at regular intervals kind of automates it for me. You know, if you can save coins, do. I think the modern way of saving coins is saving your credit card points and converting that into investments. Never buy a home unless you plan to live in it for at least five years. Never buy a home when you're single and hooking up with a member of the opposite sex. Wait till you're married and or wait till you have children. A lot of relationships end badly. You always want to pay yourself first. I.e. make part of your retirement funding come out of your paycheck immediately. Whether it comes out and goes straight to a mutual fund or whether it goes into your 401k, that's fine. If you insist on annuities, go variable, not fixed. Never, ever do equity-indexed annuities. Fixed annuities give you a fixed rate of return. They tend to work better in higher interest rate environments. A fixed annuity is like a bank CD. Equity-indexed annuities offer you a portion of the stock market profits. Only variable annuities give you the opportunity to earn the full returns off by the stock market. I don't believe in annuities until you're retired. And then a low-cost, low-fee annuity, not sold by an insurance broker, can be part of an income strategy. Don't name your minor children as heirs. Minors can't own assets. Have their inheritance placed in a trust until they're old enough to maturely handle the money. I'm happy that my parents didn't leave me a large sum of money in my 20s because I would have blown it. Anything that's left to me now, I, I would appreciate. Those of you who use mortgage accelerators, you're on the low end of the Darwinian curve. Darwin's coming for you. If you're grandparents, you should talk to your children about the grandchildren and how you can invest for them in 529 plans. Setting up college funds for grandkids is often a big mistake because it can change the way they get college financing. So you need to talk to them. Stop pretending your home is the best investment you ever made. It's not. It's the best place to live. If it beats the stock market, consider yourself lucky because it historically doesn't. Never buy a mutual fund because it's rated five stars. There are no six stars. There's only one through five. So you're buying 
something that has no predicative value. If it was rated five stars for the future, absolutely. But it's not. It's rated five stars for the now. Don't assume you're going to pay lower taxes in retirement. Income rates, <coughs> income tax rates are rather flat today compared to a decade ago. Stockbrokers are not financial advisors. Keep that in mind. Insurance agents are not financial advisors. There's a lot of titles in the world of finance, and the only one that you need to be aware of, in my opinion, is Certified Financial Planner. They do a comprehensive accreditation program, because when I say comprehensive, your life is comprehensive. If you're worried about future college costs, forget it. You know, you, you can't stress about that kind of stuff. Your kids could go to college for six years if need be. I'm more worried about, you know, what sort of choice your children make um, as far as colleges go, as far as the first couple years. Life insurance is not an investment. Stop thinking it is. I see way too many people with variable life and whole life insurance when they should only be in term. I've got term, Chad Burton has term. If that doesn't tell you enough right there, I don't know what does. Never, ever, ever go after a private real estate investment trust. Private REITs are sold by people who want to make big commissions. I know one guy who sold private REITs on the radio, and some of the salespeople were bragging about making $500,000 a year and how he wrapped his viper around a tree. Yeah. You tell me those aren't high-commission, high-fee products. I've never found anyone who bought a private REIT that was pleased with it in the end. Try not to buy mortgage life insurance. Mortgage life insurance is a policy that pays off your mortgage if you die. You'd rather buy life insurance, term life, that pays off your surviving spouse or your kids. I place 100% of my retirement plan in stock funds. No bonds. I think over the long term, it's the effective approach of dollar cost averaging and helps me. I don't believe in life insurance on the children. Kids typically don't die. If they do in your neighborhood, move. Because kids shouldn't be in an environment where they're dying. Move. When leasing a car, which I'm not against leasing a car if you're going to drive less than 12,000 miles a year, never pay a cap cost reduction and always obtain gap insurance. Gap insurance lets you make up the difference between what the car is worth and what the dealer says it's worth when you turn it in. Never make a down payment on a car you don't own. Just people who do are just ignorant. Again, Darwinian learning curve, they're on the very, very low end of it. Fidelity Magellan, Peter Lynch, said in the 1970s and 80s and 90s, it was a huge mutual fund, Magellan. He once talked about how you can go into a big winner of a situation just by, like, walking to a Taco Bell, see that people are there buying tacos, walking into a mall, going to a Pier 1, going to a Dunkin' Donuts. If you go to a mall right now, Michael Kors Holdings is hot. Ticker symbol K-O-R-S. Design men and women's apparel and accessories. If you go into a Lululemon, stores are busy. Toomey Holdings, sticker symbol T-U-M-I. 
Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. There's a consumer favorite right now that no one's really heard of called Destination Maternity. Ticket symbol D-E-S-T. Take a look. I think Williams and Noman Home Depot are plays on the housing improvement. And you should take a look. Just learn how to invest. It takes time. Just draw black in your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.